This is the day the Lord has made. Welcome again to 5-Minute Devotions. My name is Jeff Kester. Today we'll be continuing our walk through the book of 1 Timothy, and I'll be reading all of chapter 5. And as always, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not be on the list, because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ, and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep him from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to an accusation against another elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as strong warning to others. I solemnly command you, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, and the highest angels, to obey these instructions without taking sides, showing favoritism to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. Remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. Now, as usual, at the end of these letters, Paul is cramming a lot of information in here. And so there's a lot to digest, but the part I really want to focus on is about how we talk to, how we uh, handle our older uh, older members of our family. Now, in our American culture, it's normal as our grandparents and our parents get older, they sometimes will go to a nursing home if their medical condition is such that they need constant care. If they don't need constant care, a lot of times they'll go retire in Florida or Arizona. I know 
we're not necessarily living all together anymore. In 2017, we have family members and friends that live all over the country. And it's not like it was back in Jesus's time or even a hundred years ago, which isn't that long ago, where people lived in the same area. They lived within a day's horse ride between one another. Now we're separated by oceans. We're separated by so much land and it's just a different way of living. There's something to be said, though, about having grandparents and older parents living in the same house together. It's a generational thing. There's so much that the older generation can teach the younger generation. I remember as my grandfather was in his final days, he was living with us, and he just wanted to be near us. He wanted to be around us. And for a little, a short while, it wasn't very long, I will always remember running into his room and waking him up in the morning and he was just always so happy to see us. He was happy to be part of our lives on a regular basis. He just wanted to be there with us. There's so much that the older generation can share with the younger generation. It's so, it's an experience that I don't think as Americans we get much anymore. If you look at other cultures, my wife, who is El Salvadorian, she's Hispanic, in her culture, it's normal for the older generations to live with the younger generations. It's just what they do. They take care of them. They, they become part of the family. They become part of everyday life. For our American culture, it's just not something we necessarily do. And I think we do miss out on a lot of things because we we just say, you know, we can't take care of them. So we're going to put them in a nursing home or they just retire. They enjoy their, the twilight of their lives in Florida, in Texas, in Arizona, New Mexico, wherever that might be. I encourage you, if you do have the chance to live with other older members of your family, yes, it is sometimes difficult. It is a life-changing thing. But it may be something that your family can do, and it may be a life-changing thing in a positive way for your family. You see, there's so much cross-generationally that we can offer one another. There's so much wisdom that we can impart. In a few weeks, I'll be um, giving a seminar about family ministry, Family Men 101 in, in uh, Barrington. And some of the things we're going to talk about is the role of grandparents in their grandchildren's lives. You know, what role should grandparents play? in the walk of their, in the spiritual walk of their grandkids, you know, and, and it's amazing how grandparents want to be a part of their grandkids' lives. So I encourage you, if you do have the opportunity to be with, be in the lives of the older generation in your family, do so. There's so much that they can teach us. There's so much that, so much wisdom they can impart on us. And it's amazing how great your family expands and the wisdom of your family expands, and the opportunity that your family has to learn from each other and to be a close-knit community like that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving us the older generation, those that can impart wisdom on us, that can help us, that can guide us, and that can give us wisdom. God, if there is an opportunity for us to live together with someone in our family who's from the older generation. God, I pray that you put on our hearts that maybe we make that decision, that we work together because God, it does take a village to uh, raise children up in the way they should go. And God, with the help of the older generation, they can impart so much wisdom and so much knowledge on that young generation 
so much so that so many other things too that we can't do as a younger generation. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Remember you're a love child of God. And how are you going to echo Christ today? We'll see you tomorrow.